Welcome to The Rock. Thanks for downloading another post-game edition of the Black and Gold Podcast, everybody. Brought to you by Appalachian Commercial Real Estate and President James Milner. They sponsor our post-game content and have for the last three years, which has been awesome. And if you have any need for commercial real estate services um, or consulting or you need somebody on your side to make, help you make a great decision, give you as much information as you need, you need an expert like James. Uh, if you need new, more space for your business, if you have some commercial property and you're trying to maybe sell it, he can try to help you connect, help connect you to a, maybe a buyer, maybe your business. You need more space. James can help you with that as well. Uh, this is something that you don't want to try to do on your own, folks. Too many things can go wrong. There's too many chips on the table to just wheel it. You want to make sure you have an advocate on your side giving you as much information as humanly possible so that you can make a decision that you're going to be satisfied with down the road. You don't want to sign a lease. You don't want to sign on the dotted line to purchase property or sell property, and you didn't get the best deal for you and your business. Trust me, you don't want to. Uh, James is local in the Boone area, but can work with anybody in the state of North Carolina. He loves working with app fans. He'll work with anybody, but especially he loves working with app fans. He's an app grad. He's been doing this a long time, and he is really great at what he does. You can call or text James 828-719-0408, or you can go to AppalachianCRE.com, check out his website, or email him directly, James at AppalachianCRE.com. I'm your host, Alex Johnson of the Black and Gold Podcast, and with me as always, the world's most famous App State fan on a Sunday evening, Big C? Well, you know, some things (laughs) just are called for. Some things happen. <laughs> just some things happen. Some things happen, and this is what it is. Hey, you know, there's no rush to get this done. We no. don't have a game this weekend. No. We um, don't. So, um, and and plus, we we had a feeling that we had, might get some news today. Yep. About some things, and so it kind of it works itself out. It, I mean, it does. We've been really consistent all right. year uh, with the, uh, you know, in the morning. Sunday morning. Yep. You know, when it's coming out. Um, years past, we have it. It's kind of been like. <laughs> Eh, you know, at some point on Sunday, we'll do it. yeah. Uh, so I actually wanted to bring something up about that. Um, this is a BGP tradition, unlike any other. This might be our our outside of recording every Tuesday night during football season. This is one of our deepest and most sacred traditions that I don't think I was aware of until today. For like the last, I'll say four seasons, and people can go fact check me if they want to. I guess. But we have we have not recorded the last game post game episode. You know, not counting the bowl. Let's pretend the bowl doesn't count here. The last game we have not recorded in the morning because of <laughs> either anticipating a coaching change <laughs> or right. anticipating um, a bowl announcement. So this right. is this is actually something. If you don't count the bowl as the last game, whether it's the conference championship games or the last regular season game. We don't record post games until the evening, and every time something has broken to where we have something yep. other than the game to talk about. Which it and it is true again today. We didn't plan on recording this evening. The other ones we did. I think I, if I if I'm remembering this correctly, Charles, I think we both, especially um, 
with drink. There was enough uh, whispers around. It's like, hey, let's let's hold, let's let's wait until the evening. To we, see. Yeah, we just had to get, we had to wait for the Nutcracker to be over and uh, <laughs> and all that good stuff. It's like, how long does it take to get from that theater to West uh, to Wilkesboro? Uh, we just had to we had to figure all that out. Uh, but no, this one was not planned. So we wanted to record the morning and um, between our two households uh, wasn't happening. But here we are. Um, we're going to talk about the bowl stuff for sure, but I, I really want to talk about this game. This is um, this game. I, I don't think well, it's been a long time since I've gotten so much satisfaction out of a regular season game like this, uh, especially when the stakes weren't any out. The stakes didn't mean anything outside of for me, and I'm speaking for me, pure pride and just feeling good about a win in and of itself. Um, this is up there for me. It's something that I felt we really needed for ourselves. Uh, for I, I needed, I needed us to win a game um, that uh, mattered to me. Okay, and we did. And it might not have been the prettiest game in the world. Uh, we didn't play a flawless game, but at the end of the day, man, we're gonna get into this. We battled, we fought, we didn't give up, and the damn uh, burst. And we, you know, had that offense, you know, in the second half, and we won, and it was really gratifying to me. I don't, we, we, I don't think we've really talked about the game, really, but uh, just off, off the cuff here, what about, uh, what about that Southern game last night? Well, it, I think it's something we kind of discussed last week a little bit about um, the implications just being different. You know, usually you're playing this late in the year. Um, winning is important for other reasons beyond just winning. Um, you know, there's so many things that could occur because of it. So, um, let's just, let's just say we're not playing Georgia Southern, just like playing a game in December or after Thanksgiving, you're playing Troy, you're playing whoever, and you, you gotta, you gotta win the division. That's how it's been the last couple of years. But this has been more of like, like kind of a, a distracting or a, un, you know, non-distracting, I guess you would say game because literally all there was to play for, which is beating Southern. Mm-hmm. And when you play that game, October um, does it, is it important? Yes, but it, we've also seen the last couple of years that it actually didn't matter because we lost those, we lost to them twice, and still were able to go and win the East and take care of business and do all that. Yeah. Um, so it was not there this year, and so it was just all about hey, let's beat Georgia Southern. I, because of that, I think we saw a little bit more of the chippiness. Yes, probably as much as I ever seen um in a game between these two schools before Mm -hmm. i I mean it just it was i mean it was from the jump it was literally from you know moments before kickoff until the final play yeah it was that there was jawing and there was extracurricular activity and things that were unnecessary outside of just playing the game so i think that really led into that quite a bit yeah i couldn't agree more I did. I, it was from the get go. Our guys are praying in the end zone, and Georgia Southern takes offense to that, or whatever they did. And there, and it starts before the game starts. You know, we hear about it. And it's like, all right, it's it's already on. The guys are smacking each other. You know, getting up from uh, you know being all over the ground after the whistle stops, and they're getting up, smacking each other, and getting each other's oh, yeah. face, and it, around. the entire time. And until yeah. obviously we're going to get into what happened after the game, but uh, you know, Charles, just reflecting on this year, you know, um, obviously we we're coming off of an immaculate year and uh, and, and with thirteen one, and 
I, it really hit me today that um, if having to choose between winning a conference championship and winning this game, I you know it's nothing we didn't say last year, but I think it was further solidified. I'd rather play in the championship game and win the conference than beat Georgia Southern if if you're given two options, right? Because that is for it's another game to play. Um, you had a great season. You had to beat your division. You maybe you dro- obviously would drop a game to Georgia Southern, and I wouldn't trade last year um, for anything. You know, I, w- I wouldn't. I, like if you if you told me you'll beat Georgia Southern on Halloween, but you won't play in the, the conference championship game, I wouldn't have taken it. I would have kept last year the same, uh, and, and I think you probably feel the same. But at the same time. We didn't have a conference championship to play for. We still hate these guys. So all of that extra, like, what-if scenario, and, oh, we at least have this to play for. We know we're going to go play in a ball game. We already know that. Okay. We don't have anything else to play for except for pride at that point. And it was that the spotlight was shining so brightly for me on that. And we, um, like I said, expectations were really high this year. And to come out with a not just a win, but – uh, the type of game that we've needed all year, where we come out in the second half, make adjustments, and explode offensively, we've needed. That's why we've lost <laughs> you know, the, our three games this year because we didn't we didn't uh, do what we needed to do on us. offense in in the second in the second half, and we did that last night. Right. A, a lot played into that, but it, you know, let's go back to what you were first talking about a minute ago. This this I'm going to describe this as an either or or an and situation. Um, nobody's going to sit out here and choose between a conference championship or Georgia Southern. I mean, that's something that's like preseason talk. It's like, if you're going to, you know, we kind of talk like, if you're going to lose one game or if you're going to lose two games, which ones would you choose? And it's, you know, it's kind of hard to go through all that because yes. one year or the next, if you're, if you're playing your normal schedule, a couple of P5s or whatever, you know, you, you want to get those games and, and we, and we can kind of look into next year and say, hey, we really want to beat Marshall at home, right? I mean, that's that's for certain. Uh, and, and then there'll be other games. We'll want to beat Coastal at home, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Those games we know we're playing. Uh, but if you can't do both, then you got to have at least one. One of either winning the conference championship or beating Georgia Southern. Mm. And so at the end of the day, we've done that in the last – Four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's icing when you get both of them. Oh, you know? for sure. No like question. 2016, you know, you're, 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 you're jacked up about that. Um, right. But when you, you can't, you can't have both those go to the wayside. Yeah. That, that, that's going to be the, the kind of the, the Batman sign in the sky of, Hey, Something's not going right. You know, we didn't contend for the conference. We lost to our rival. What do we have to hang our hat on this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's why yesterday was so important just for that, for that aspect, for how coaches are graded and, you know, analyzed on the job they did and players and his legacies and all the, all that stuff that's kind of all mixed in. So that it was very important, you know, obviously to, to beat Jordan Sutton last night. Now, if you go to the game, your question about adjustments, and a lot played into that. Um, we go down what fourteen nothing. Yep. Sure and on did. the play that that happened, um, Zora Southern goes from QB two to QB three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and by God, it's a Wofford transfer. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I heard that and just about threw something in the house. I was like, no way this works out like this. And, and, and I knew going into this game that like there was a great chance that Shy Wurtz was not going to play. Um, I didn't think that Tomlin would get hurt. I mean, I didn't even think to look at who their backup was because at, at that point you're thinking – if they get there, it's probably a, a bad thing, right? It would right. be for most teams to get yes. to QB3 at any point in the game, no matter if he's got the lead or not. So yep. um, that's what it came down to. And it, it was pretty obvious to me that, you know, the guy probably has just been getting reps for like two, like real practice reps for two weeks. Um, he he threw, you know, if, when he was throwing, he was throwing just about to the same two guys, tight ends. That's what he was comfortable with, to the side of the field. Or they were running their offense and hoping that things just worked out. Um, but you know, it helps when you can get those explosive plays in the second half because it all slowly started working like in our direction, despite the fact that we gave up that dinky, another dinky field goal at the end of a half. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, you know, being at seven, seven, 14 after what had happened, how that first happened unfolded to me uh, was kind of a win Yeah. because you were thinking, all right, we get balls start in the second half, but like. The way those two drives, for, for, I mean, two or three drives for, for, for Georgia Southern App in those last final minutes, it, it couldn't have been worse except for the field goal going in for Georgia Southern. It was just terrible clock management on both sides. Yeah. Um, we, we call all the timeouts just so to get the ball, and then we get pinned. Yeah. And then instead of, you know, we throw the ball first down, I believe, and it stops the clock, and I'm like, now you're just you just played back in Georgia Southern's hands. Yeah. So we, we've got to get it cleaned up. Got it. I mean – you got to run the ball. <laughs> um, you got to get that clock going. The clock running out when you're trapped deep in your own territory is not the end of the world when you when you're in a game and on the road in Paulson, a hard place to win. No matter, e- even when we won in '16, it was we we <laughs> we fell in a similar hole and and finished them off. So I mean, it's just it's they have one of the best home winning percentages of all time for a reason. It's tough to win there, but we've also won there more times than anybody else. That's right. That's yeah. ever played there. Um, That's right. I think Wofford got, like kind of got close, but I think we've uh, edged edged ahead now that we're playing a more recent, or yeah. or as often as as we always have. But the, the 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 emotional swings in this game, like the back and forth, and part of that second half was just like like rough, like like Malik's like muff. Um, oh yeah. Oh. And then you know it's just like oh my goodness, like on a short punt, it's. You know, going back to things we've talked about, you know, this year, like the things that would just normally doesn't happen to us. Yeah. Like the mistakes that we wouldn't typically make, we're making them. And it's just, it's, it's you know, there's obviously some frustrating parts of the game for sure. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like um, back before the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004, you know, there was that, that curse, like, you know, and you know, there's not a curse, like, you know, there's not a curse, but you're like, man, this is weird. That, that, like, Malik muffing that punt. It's weird. He's a senior. You know, he and he's had great hands. He's had a great season. This isn't some young guy that, that uh, has never done this before. And, you know, we've seen him make tougher catches. Uh, you know, or like, um, uh, I think it was a couple wide receivers had um, two false starts. You know, we and we've, you know, we've talked about the uh, pre-snap procedure stuff that our very veteran O-line, you know, were committing, it seemed like, more often – this year, and and while not every single one of those like led to a, a, a bad result necessarily, or it led to points for the other team or whatever, it just you're kind of we're looking around going like, man, the 
we're putting ourselves in bad positions and making mistakes. This is unlike what we've seen in, in recent years. And you're like, is something going on? Is there something in, something in the water, something in the Gatorade that, that we're doing or, or whatever? Um, and, yeah, we, we, had a, we had a huge advantage in, you know, Georgia Southern being caught, you know, they're struggling right now with their roster. They didn't have Shy Wirtz, their best offensive player. And, um, you know, they were playing with their third string quarterback and they ended up having to throw at the end of the game. It's not what they want to be. Um, and, you know, we, but, but so we, we took advantage of that, that, that really played into our favor. But still, sometimes, man, we, we've talked about this before the year and I, I've been guilty of, of kind of forgetting what, what I've said, which is, man, at the end of the day, in 2020, we Charles, we played eleven games this year. Like that's crazy to me that we've been able to play eleven games, and um, just kind of you just go like, hey, I'll just I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Last night, even though there were some things I saw, I'm like, ah, gotta gotta fix that. Like you said, that possession at the end, we really didn't help ourselves. We gave the ball back. Uh, that was kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, but even if Georgia Southern was dinged up and and if they didn't have you know shy words, whatever the, whatever you want to say. Man, I'll take the fight. I'll take the grit. You know, I'll take the victory. I'll take the high moments, and I'll I'll take a W in Paulson, and I'll take eight wins in the regular season every single day of the week in this year. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that silver line and feel great about it all week. I mean, I did. I felt great about that game. Is putting a cherry on top of the regular season, getting the monkey off our back. We won. We won against Georgia Southern three times in a row recently in recent history. 11, 12, 13. Dropped the game in 14, then 15, 16, 17. Three in a row. I didn't want to experience three in a row to them. I didn't want that to go the other way. We prevented it. We we overcame second-half demons or whatever you want to say, and it felt good. It felt good to, to walk out of there saying, that's over. We'll play them again next year. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, you know, going to – like do anything that's going to take away from this win um, and say, well, they didn't have this, that, and the other, and, you know, we should have beat them by 30 and this, that. You right. Know, you just take it um, because of, you know, how obviously important this is to both sides. Um, you know, um, Sean Clark gets to say he beat Georgia Southern for the first time he played them in Paulson. Um, Scott Satterfield can't say that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I, I didn't look. I don't know if Jerry Moore can say that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's, I, that's something to think about, but you, you know, whatever it, we, we did, what it took, um, you know, explosive plays in the second half were, were huge. Um, the penalties, my God, goodness. I mean, this is, and this is definitely a Georgia Southern Paulson like advantage. Um, you, you just don't see games where Georgia Southern just gets called for like massive penalties unless they're in control. Um, so the refs, cause the refs have been run out of there so many times by their fans and, and, and stuff like that. It just doesn't happen in the first half, although we may have been committed to penalties, but you can't tell me that George Southern wasn't doing anything wrong. They weren't holding at all. Like, give me a break. It, you know, it's, it's, and it's not a, it's not a line, an offensive line and an offense that is susceptible and they try to hold. It's, you know, the, in the old true, you know, flex bone, wishbone days of, uh, of running their offense is more of a cutting offensive line. It's, it's not like that, it, like it used to be, but there's still parts of it in there. Um, but you know, <laughs> to me, you just take it, man. You, you, you know, you, you just get out of there and you, and you should be happy with it. Uh, this, this game was one where I, you know, anytime you're playing Southern, um, you know, whether it's 
quarterback one or quarterback two or quarterback three, what they want to do is get the lead. Yes. And and I was super concerned and definitely on a, like a, a, a big low when we're down fourteen nothing. And part of that was a pick six, something that like you know we hadn't seen. You know that that that's another throw that was part of this offense that just like maybe would have been better off thrown away. Yes. And 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 it wasn't for whatever reason. And. And so you you get concerned about fourteen and nothing because you're like, man, you you've got to play to them, you got to play the clock, um, and and so it's really really tough to come back and beat them, especially when they get up two touchdowns. And of course, all their injuries and COVID issues and everything in between played into that a little bit. But we still had to do it. You know, yep. it's not just a given. Yep. You still had to start scoring touchdowns. And Jalen's catch with the quarter of the end zone was was fantastic and brilliant. Yep. yep. Uh, Hennigan made one kind of in traffic. Not he didn't have a lot of bodies around him, but he had a lot of or bodies on him. They were around. Yeah, they were in front of play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the first thing we're thinking about when Jalen, uh, or at least what I'm thinking about when Jalen um, catches that kickoff return, um, <laughs> right with his feet, you know, right at the goal line. Yeah. So you're not really sure if you can, um, like, run it out or not, or kneel it. You didn't. You didn't wave your hand because you're thinking, he's thinking about it the whole time, like I'm thinking about catching it. So he catches it and you're thinking, Oh God, you shouldn't return this. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> this is not a good situation. <laughs> but then he just starts taking it to the far side of the field. And if you'll notice in that Malik is back there with him, usually it's been Stephen Jones, but they called a play and they said, we need the big play. And that's why Jalen was back there. He didn't get that. He didn't get back there all the time. Yeah. So as they're moving, as you're watching it on TV, uh, to the to the far side of the field, and you see Malik's running and, and can't find anybody to block, <laughs> and you're like, oh, something's something's happening here, and you know, then he dips back inside and and takes it the distance. I I don't know if I've seen one like that. Usually, when we return to kick off, it's kind of like a a kickoff for a touchdown. It's kind of one of those up the middle things, but this thing was just pure like poor coverage on on Georgia Southern's part, and great a great job by Art. A squad of, of setting the blocks up correctly and just using the speed and the versatility and all that good stuff to, to finish it. And then, of course, well, I think the next drive was like a quick three and out, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And and then Noel's touchdown run where he was uh, virtually untouched was um, was obviously a, a, a momentum swift or uh, momentum change in that second half. No, it really was. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, I think – the low of 14 to nothing for me was I'm, I'm kind of seeing the same pattern of, you know, man, if we don't make some traction now, then I don't, I, the odds are stats are man, that we're not doing a whole lot in the second half. Um, you know, when the pressure's on and, and we really need to, uh, we just haven't seen it this year, but the fact that we did and, and, you know, um, I will say this about about Jalen. You know, he's been plagued with injuries a lot at his time at App State. Man, I think that might have been his most important game last night. The one he performed with with the most grit. He caught, you know, contested passes that that return. That might have been his best game. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, I know that we he's got the highlight reel stuff when we we beat Coastal several years ago, and uh, you know that game wasn't close. Uh, but man, he was so vital last night. I mean, obviously he with with two touchdowns to his name, but the way he came through, it wasn't you know just padding the stats or it wasn't against a, uh, a soft opponent, uh, so to speak. 
I mean, that was a great game where, you know, because Jalen is, is a guy that came in with a lot of potential. He's been hurt a lot. But, man, last night this probably his, like I said, it was probably his grittiest, toughest game, maybe the best game from that standpoint, like in terms of, you know, the difference between MVP and best player, kind of like who was the most valuable, what was the most valuable game you played. That might have been it for, for Jalen for me. I don't know if you feel differently, but that was like his swan song to me. And I'll always think of Jalen Virgil when I think about this game. Well, yeah, I mean, no question that was certainly his best game from an impact standpoint because what he did was, was needed in, in the victory um, versus having a game where um, you, you have a couple like long touchdown runs and, and like the, the margin's a little bit different. I mean, um, both of those plays were um, situations where the um, it, well, one was, you know, the touchdown catch was when we were down. Um, and so that was important to get that score. And then the other one, like, um, was the one that changed the lead mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and so they get the field goal. Um, I think that's right. Was it 20 to 17 at that point? Oh, let me look up at the, I think, I think it was yeah. 2017 and it went to 24, 20. That's correct. Uh, yes, but, that is correct. But so, I mean, that, that's why that was big. And so finally, for the first time all night, our defense can play with the lead and, yeah. and that's a lot different defending, Georgia Southern's offense and playing from behind. Yep. Because w- whatever you're doing at the onus is to not not be fooled into kind of the not so much a trick play, but a play that you know they decide, hey, we're throwing. But it's but you weren't playing Georgia Southern's typical offense and their typical personnel, so that that really worked out for us. I mean, I, you couldn't you couldn't go wrong. I, I, I think uh, Ethan mentioned it and said something like, "What a great game for the seniors." Period. Mm-hmm. Um, all together, um, Zach um, had a great game. Hennig- Hennigan, Virgil, mm-hmm. um, Caden Smith led the team in tackles. Caden Smith, yeah, that's I don't. He may have done that a couple times. I don't know, but but it felt like he was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he and he got a pick. I mean, we did all this and and need four turnovers from Southern mm-hmm. to get to to kind of wrap this up because we had our own little little issues here and there. But but still, I mean. These guys, we've said their names for you know for four years now, and um, they, they get got the job done when it needed to be. And so that's the difference between us probably playing a bowl game close and playing a bowl game not so close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I, Caden Smith, to me, usually when you see your safeties leading the team in tackles, that's not a great sign. But right. I mean, he was. All over the place, like you just said. I don't want to repeat exactly what you said, but play like a man freaking possessed. He had some hard hits last night. That's probably as as physical and hard hitting as I've ever seen him play, and it was for a good reason. He was probably sick and freaking tired of uh, of, of uh, losing to Georgia Southern, and, and you know, God bless Zach Thomas for being able to beat Georgia Southern as a starter. Really, an unfair um, mark for him, considering what happened in 2018. With uh, him playing literally three plays the entire game and getting knocked out with a concussion, um, so happy for him. And you know that's right. Ethan, Ethan, talk about the seniors. Um, especially, I, f- I just feel for Zach. You know, he's had such a um, a spotlight, like a negative spotlight on him. I don't think anybody can imagine what it's like to have people hating on you or like thinly veiled hate. <laughs> Like oh, criticizing, can't can't yeah. wait, can't wait till the future at quarterback. Like we know what you're saying, okay? It's one thing to say, "Oh, that sucks, bad throw," or whatever. It's another to like hurry a kid out the door that's 
what is he second to Trevor Lawrence in wins as a starter? I mean, that's, I mean, he's a winner, and um, really happy for him that he's a. I don't think he's coming back, but really happy he got to to put that under his belt. Um, and it is cool to see guys like Nate Noel, who's been a star all year, um, come out and, and have a big impact as well. But between Caden and 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 Jalen and Zach and um, the seniors on the team, just really cool. So let's let's talk about this for, this for a second. What happened after the game? So this was. Uh, you know, I don't think we really talked about it too much last year, tell you the truth, because it was such a sore spot, especially for me and you. I mean, this, this is we didn't really enjoy doing the uh, Georgia Southern Post game last year on Halloween when, when they beat us. Um, but they, after that game, folks, and this is for those of you that maybe aren't obsessed with Twitter like so many people, um, because this has been all over Twitter. So they, they plant the Georgia Southern flag, or they try to plant, they like, you know, because it's AstroTurf or turf or field turf or whatever it is. They go to the middle of the block A at Halloween with the sleet and the snow and the wind, and they plant that flag and, and start dancing and whatever. There's video footage of it. We, you know, we saw it or whatever. But that really, that image started really circulating this year. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not this year, this this week. And so, you know, it gets people fired up. Well, last night, Charles, you, you helped me out here because I think the announcer said something about a plunger. On TV, and I thought plunger. Like I, I did, when I heard the word plunger, or you saw it, or whatever, I thought somebody was making like a weird joke or whatever. But it was a plunger. Did what, what was the uh, what was the breakdown of when you heard the word plunger I, and realized that it was actually a physical plunger on the field? I guess, I guess we saw a guy who runs that TV station in Savannah or whatever it is, and uh, he had that he had the footage off of his camera or whatever. And oh, you didn't hear uh, it during the game. I don't. I don't know if I heard it during the game. Did you hear it during the game? I heard. I heard the. I, someone can like swoop in and correct me if I'm wrong here. I could have sworn that I heard some of the ESPN guys say something, or uh, maybe it was Adam. Maybe I was listening to the post game. I heard Adam. I thought I heard the word plunger and thought what? And it wasn't until several, maybe ten ten minutes later that I actually saw someone with footage <laughs> of uh, the plunger. So I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was it really, I mean, at the end of the game or, or just a few minutes afterwards, regardless. Yes. Uh, so uh, I think it's Keyshawn Brown was the one who went out there. Uh, I think Tyler Bird was out there. <laughs> yeah. And so they take your little typical uh, household plunger and, uh, and, they, and they put it right there on that Eagle logo right at midfield. <laughs> And man, if I, and, and supposedly this is might have been this, this the plunger may have been around for a little while. Yeah, I don't. I, so it, I don't think that it was like a this week thing. But right. man, it's it like the simplicity of it. Oh man, and and the symbolism <laughs> are just so overpowering and perfect in every in every way possible to think about. Uh, to think that you know they're beautiful Eagle Creek that we that. They think it's beautiful. They know it's stinky and musty and all that. They just playing yes. with their minds, right? Um, but they 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 coronate the <laughs> or baptize their freshmen or whoever every oh, year, and they have the abuse. fun thing. And you know, and and you know, we we you know run up a mountain. That's cool. Um, <laughs> a lot safer and healthier. Um, but it's a drainage ditch. It's stinky. It's it's, it's you know, everybody knows about it. Yeah. But to um, and, and you know what's they always talk about how 
when they beat Florida, they drained the swamp. Yes. You know, yes. and and that has been turned into uh, kind of a, a political yes. <laughs> um, catchphrase, right. drain the swamp. And we took the plunger down there and, uh, and drained Paulson. Oh, God. And, and man, I was so jacked up about that. <laughs> oh, dude. How could you not be? Yeah, yeah. So jacked up. So, um, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't know what else I was going to say. No, so <laughs> I little, was going to talk about my tweets. I guess I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, so for those of you that, um, like I said, aren't on Twitter or just haven't really looked online, we actually, thanks to Alan Beauvais, who is a, a supporter of the Blango Podcast, he's in the Three Thirty Three Club. He's a graphic designer, um, and he's helped me out with uh, another project. and And I texted him after the after. Well, it really wasn't after anything. It was I saw. Tyler Bird at number fifty one standing over that plunger, and I guess it was I guess it was Keyshawn Brown or whatever started dancing, and then Milan Tucker and these guys started dancing around this plunger at midfield. I thought that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like these guys, <laughs> these guys took their the flag insult is what it was from last yeah. year, and they put a friggin' plunger in the middle of Statesboro, Georgia, and, and like like the symbolism, like you said, Charles, just it's stifling. Like how 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 hilarious it is, right? So I texted him. I was like, man, I got an idea. And he said, it's Alan, he texted it back and said, please tell me it has something to do with a plunger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, so I said, yeah. I said, this is just really funny. Uh, it's it's catching. It, it's getting traction. I would love to um, have a graphic made, maybe turn into some decals, and then um, sell them and fund, you know, some, you know, just raise money for Yosef Club, kind of what we did with 3432 Day. But just strike while the iron is hot and really capitalize on this really fun moment where we got revenge for what they did at our mid. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it happened a year ago, and they're coming back and saying, hey, we know exactly what you did last year. Here it is. And the fact that they haven't done it yet, that like that plunger thing, like you said, apparently it had been floating around there. But the fact they hadn't used it yet, and they I don't know if they saved it. I don't know if that was by design or this was totally coincidence. Maybe, maybe we'll find out more about it. But the fact that it it was that it was debuted there and someone recorded it was oh, yeah. perfect. Um, and so I, I got more to say about it. But just real quick, if if you want kind of a funny graphic uh, that uh, it was a, it's a decal, three inch decal. It's a black and gold plunger plunging <laughs> the, the state of Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> uh go go to uh BGP Plunger. I'm sorry, yeah, bgpplunger.com and uh, um 100% of the proceeds, everything every one of the uh decals that we sell, we're going to give it to Yosef Club. It's over 700 bucks right now. Over 700 bucks have been raised. At the, the decals 10 bucks. But so far, we've uh sold over 70 of them. And they're not going to get in, like we're not going to have them like physically have these decals until the twenty second of December at the earliest. I think. Well, I, I don't know if that's the earliest. That might be the latest. My point is, don't expect them before Christmas. But I order them; they're ordered. But if you want to uh, have a good laugh, have something for your beer fridge or your your Yeti mug or whatever, that's um, like gold plunger plunging the state of Georgia. Uh, with in in the plungers like right there at Statesboro, it's really funny. I think, um, but also like support Yosef Club collectively. And like I said, seven hundred bucks going to Yosef Club is pretty hilarious. BGPplunger.com. We like having fun with stuff like that. Uh, one final comment about that. Um, 
I think this is really fun and, and hilarious because it's so strongly connected to something relevant, which is the flag at half at uh, midfield uh, right. that they did last year. I don't really think this is actually a funny thing. Like, it's funny because of when it happened and who it happened to, uh, and it's too perfect. I don't know, Charles, if you have thoughts about that, but it was just oh, yeah. too good. I, I mean, I'm sure when – let's imagine this was like a coincidental thing and uh, they were rallying around whatever it was and it just it turned into something or maybe it was planned, but whatever. Uh, I don't know if the players knew what was going to happen with that. Like, yeah. like it, it took off. Oh, yeah. Exploded. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's beyond what, you know, what we put together, but um, – Lots of lots of plunger memes on on app Twitter today. Uh, a lot of people putting plungers in their like uh, in their display names on Twitter as well. Like that's that's even more fantastic. I loved. I, I tell you what, I did not know. I did not know there was a plunger emoji. Um, I learned that last night as well. And so um, that that's also a good thing, um, and it'll be used forever. Like this is this is a defining moment of the rivalry. Oh, for sure, no question. That we will talk about. I, I, I guarantee you, plungers are always going to come up when you talk about outdoor Southern now. Oh, yeah. Just like all the other things that have happened across the years the bus getting rammed by a goalpost, the <laughs> trampled pizzas, uh, the, the flags being planted, the, um, the cardboard cutout disc that all the fans threw on the field yep. in 2000, uh, I guess 14 it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything and everything that's happened in this rivalry. Um, the plungers there now man. added. Now we added a plunger to it. Um, yeah. A regular household staple. Yeah, has become uh, a symbol of of draining Statesboro or there's, draining Paulson there, or draining that campus. There's a um, there's a, a I I don't know I guess it's just a run of the mill Georgia Southern fan teacher. I didn't really do any research, but a Georgia Southern person tweeted at us and said your players don't even know what this plunger thing is about. And I remember thinking, like, how much time have you spent, like, looking into this? <laughs> because the only reason we're talking about it is because of them. So right. it's it's well, just really funny how, yeah. So it's really funny how people just are so eager to discredit something that is uh, kind of, you know, something that is highlighting the fact they got egg on their face. Uh, it's like your player. The players don't even know what you're talking about. It's like, all right, well, they're literally the only reason why we're talking about this because, like, go tell Tyler Bird and Deshaun. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Keyshawn Brown and, and all these other guys. Go go tell them that the players don't know what they're talking about, or or Demetrius Taylor or these other guys. Like, it's a, it, it's just it was a special. F- and at the end of the day, it was. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Like you saw, if you look at the video, a couple of these Georgia Southern guys got a little heated about it, but a couple of the guys were just. Uh, they're kind of breaking down and um, kind of talking to each other. Like, hey, man, good game or whatever. A couple, some of that was happening at midfield during all that. Um, so this is actually, tell you the truth, a very small deal. But it's really funny because it's year over year what ha- what they kind of did to us um, in a much more impactful way. By the way, because you know that kind of derailed what our postseason plans were. This not this not so much, but still funny, still absolutely part of the rivalry. Like you said, man, it's just freaking hilarious. So. Um, just well, like who fun. knows? Who knows if any of that happens? You know? Right. <laughs> um, in, until you know, that's I. I doubt that was ever planned. Um, you had the you had the conversation before the game. You had all the stuff in the middle. Um, you know the, the things like that. But of course, on the final snap, Ugh, where it's nothing yeah. but a kneel out because we've we've intercepted the ball. 
and their nose tackle takes a cheap shot at Noah. Yep. I'm assuming it was Noah, whoever was snapping. I think it was, yeah. Um, goes in there aggressively. You've seen that in other games, and every time that happens, something there's a little brouhaha about that. Yep. And and so that occurred, and maybe it was spur of the moment, you know? Yep. And player goes there and says, about to, about to stick this thing where, where the sun don't shine. <laughs> and, and they did. Um, yeah. And... And then did a little, you know, little jig to it as well. Yep. Um, got their, got their clogs on, and uh, and and broke it down. I love it, um, you know. And they're gonna they're gonna find motivation in that. They're gonna think they were disrespected, and it's just kind of it's it's always one of those deals with with Georgia Southern. They they feel like they do no wrong, and it, we're the instigator, and vice versa it goes the other way. But yeah, the um, the, the song uh, "What Goes Around Comes Around" uh, is is coming to mind right now. Oh yeah, uh, that that would not have happened had last year not happened. It just wouldn't have. It's just what happens, man. It's storytelling. Probably it's great. Not. Yeah, probably it's, not. It's, it's tremendous. So uh, let's let's move on here. Um, some other uh, really big news is hey, we're going bowling. Uh, bowling in Myrtle Beach, uh, December twenty first is a Monday for a two thirty kick on ESPN. We are playing uh, the alma mater of Stone Cold Steve Austin, North Texas. Uh, pretty cool, uh, you know, uh, and. Also, um, Jerry Moore's. I want to say that was his first head coaching job. Was it? It, it was that. That was that. Uh, it was North Texas and then Texas Tech. I think is that not right? I think that's correct. We could yeah. have that backwards, but it's it's been a while. Yeah. So I've looked that up, but yeah. I, I, what I do think is great about this, um, we've got a a new venue. Yep. And a new opponent. Yep. Uh, something we cannot say. About any bowl since the first one. That's is that true? Well, think about the second bowl game we went to. Yeah, we went back to Camellia. We yeah. went back to the Camellia Bowl. Yep. And then the third bowl we went to, we went to, we played Toledo. Yeah. Like who we just played? I guess you can say you can take it back to New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans, too. So I'm wrong there. Yeah. But still, it's only the third time it's happened. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think that's right. I we we like. Um, you know, fresh things. And this is something that we talked about uh, in the Myrtle Beach Bowl being something that would really play into our hands because, you know, the majority of our alumni, majority of our season ticket holders, they live in Charlotte. It's a quick three-hour uh, trip down there. Um, and, you know, it's t- – look, 2020, it's tough. A lot of people still finances are tough and, and tight. and um, But it's something um, to get excited about. You know, bowl season, this is a reward for um, – you know, actually, it's not tell you the truth uh, because North. Te- what is it? North Texas is four and five, so it's not technically. I guess it's a bonus. I guess at this point, they kind of threw the rules out the window in terms of minimum wins this year. But um, another chance for our guys to play, another chance to put another W up there in the, the win column. And uh, you know, although North Texas might not be the sexiest matchup, I I can't help it. Like if we're playing someone new, that's that in and of itself. Is exciting. If we're playing someone new that's not in the MAC, that makes it even <laughs> that right. makes it even better. The MAC schools are the ones. I, I hate to say. I hate to sound ungrateful, but there's just something Zero. about those Zero MAC interest. schools, man. Wow, yeah. <laughs> like if we're playing like Buffalo. Like okay, I guess you know um, we did it for three years in a row playing MAC schools. But um, for whatever reason, I'd rather play um, in com- against a Conference USA or an American. So it is what it is. Charles, are, are you going? Is that the dumb question, isn't it? 
I mean, I, I'm afraid it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I guess. Um, I guess it's all going to come down to tickets, and I would imagine. Uh, you know, and it's it's going to be interesting because it, let's let's say you know the whole reason 2020 sucks doesn't happen. Um, that stadium is full if we're going to Myrtle. 100%. You know, I mean, jam-packed. It, it would almost be, in my opinion... A home game. Chattanooga-esque. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, in, in terms of that. And, it, you know, so it really just all comes down to what are they going to give us? And so Coastal's been having 5,000 at their games. Yeah. So if, if you've got... Yeah, I don't know how many people are coming from North Texas. I don't know how many they would request. Um, but I mean, if 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 they're like, well, we're going to give a thousand to the people who are putting on the game and all that good stuff, and then two thousand to each of the schools, I think that would be fair. And I think Doug Gillen would actually go back to North Texas and say, how many are you going to sell? Because we'll get rid of the rest of them if you want us to. Yeah. Um, without any questions. And so, if 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 that's the case, if this is a total guess at this moment. Um, to, you know, with limited venue, shoot, we don't even know if they're going to let people in. I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, they're going to play a game with an attendance of probably five thousand next week. Why can't they do it two <laughs> days later? Yeah, that's true. No, that's no, that's exactly true. Um, when when is that championship game? The nineteenth. Yeah, so two days later. Two days later. What did yeah. I say? Three days. I think you said five days. That's five what I heard. Days. I might have tuned I, you out. I, I apologize. didn't mean to say five days. I'm <laughs> fully aware. Some Bell Championship kicks off at three thirty Eastern on Sun, on Saturday. Um, hey, who are you pulling time. for in that game? By the way, Meteors. <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, well, not yeah. not actual Meteors because I would hate our bowl game to get postponed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or, that's or actually true. played it, uh, you know, at the Citadel. <laughs> as Something as like it that. stands right here, man. As it stands right here, I can't pull for Coastal Carolina. I can't do I, it. I don't think anybody can right now. I they can't have, do uh, it. I don't think we were that as a as a fan base, or as a, at least between you and me, um, that like upset with them about just losing a game. Yeah, I, I mean, I but, wasn't. Yeah, but this past week when they're complaining about having to go play one, oh, that's oh, it's just oh, absolutely oh. tiring. And um, Ab- just a joke. Like, what are yeah. you doing? It's it that sur- that that surpassed any level of whining that Anyone, Mark Husband ever do did. it any time of life. Oh yeah, like we what? have to play a football game. Oh, we got to go play something on our schedule. Like, shut up. Are you serious? It's not our fault. Oh, I mean, Chadwell. Whatever. He's a cheater anyway. But whatever. He can do whatever he wants to do. But um, I, I whatever. So I, I can't. I don't dislike Billy Napier as like I, I think the, his kind of quiet approach, like he doesn't make a whole lot of noise. Like we we talk to Tim Buckley every year, and it seems like you know it's, it's he just doesn't make waves on purpose. Like he's kind of keep quiet. Now he has made a couple comments about I think travel that we've kind of latched onto, but and we've had to blow it up a little bit just because he he's really not that controversial of a guy. Uh, but whatever, you know I, I respect him, Chadwell. I mean, whatever. And in the yeah. in the guy yep. that uh, they're uh, the, whatever the, the mullet the main mullet kid on on defense for them that he is insufferable. And he's not that good. So like I don't know, but I mean they, he won and they have all the freaking bragging rights in the world. They got a big fat zero in the in the L column. So whatever. But uh, I on that day I'm unless the wind blows in a different direction. I don't know, but I'm a, I'm a Cajun on that on the nineteenth. I cannot I cannot. 
I can't do it, Charles. I can't pull for the teal. I can't. I just. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we could sit here and probably uh, theorize on all the different matchups that like it, it could have been. Had it, like if the situation was Louisiana versus Georgia State, who would be who would we root for? Yeah. Georgia State. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it was Georgia Southern versus Louisiana, who would we root for? Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana. Uh, you have to root for Georgia Southern or if a guy went to Furman. Uh, man, that's a tough day. <laughs> <laughs> it would be uh, a tough day. And if it was, and that's, uh, and what if it was, if it was Troy, Louisiana, like Troy. Yeah, I guess to me like, it'd be Troy. I mean, to me it'd be Troy. But that's you know, I mean, to me at this point it's. Um, it's a little selfish too because they are on track. I mean, they're the first Sun Belt school to ever have an undefeated regular season, and uh-huh. we were we were two minutes away from that. Two minutes away from that, probably less than two minutes away from that last year. Uh, and and so that's always going to stick in my craw a little bit. But one thing that I would rather have is a conference championship and and maybe a blemish on my regular season record than an undefeated regular season. And I didn't win the conference. Um, I don't know that that to me the conference championship carries all the weight. That's uh, that's the title. That's the championship belt to me. Is is if you win the conference championship, you're the champion. So uh, I know that's a little redundant, but uh, it's how it's how I feel about it. Can't help it. And a couple other things. I mean, we'll t- maybe we'll talk about this in the this week's episode or whatever because we still got some uh, we got other sports going on now. We got a big game against Tennessee basketball coming up uh, on Tuesday night. Um. But friggin' Butch Jones is is in the Sun Belt now. We got Butch yeah. Jones at Arkansas State. Blake Anderson's gone. By the way, totally makes sense to me why Blake Anderson wants to leave. His wife passed away, and he's probably still surrounded with all these memories. So, and he's been wanting to get out of town anyway. But Butch Jones is now the coach at Arkansas State, and they put pen to paper, or they announce it a day before Gus Malzahn's fire. Like all this uh, stuff yeah. is, it's terrific. <laughs> all this stuff this, happened this, yesterday, right? This this is the reason why you don't have a plan. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah, because this really looked like it was a choreographed piece from the start. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know. We're getting past the topic of beating Georgia Southern and having a <laughs> yeah. post game conversation. But th- this relevant. This is the kind of episodes you get this time of the year. Yes, because right. a lot of stuff's going on all at once. That's so, right. So you, Arkansas says. Arkansas State says, we're not going to play this last game against some FCS team for no reason. Because uh, probably they're not going to accept a bowl invite either. So I knew at that point something was going down. Uh, quarterback gets in the transfer portal, right? Yep. Uh, it gets reported by an, an account that doesn't necessarily always break news that on Twitter that this was going down. And it's like, is a strong candidate and will be hired. And it's like, whoa. That was fast. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, Arkansas State's information comes out there that they negotiate they negotiated the buyout, like they like cut it in half or something like that, or reduced it. Um, that's that's interesting. Yeah. And then literally two days later, it's Bush Jones. Like, yeah. Stuff doesn't happen Bush that fast. Jones, it should. It oh. should. Uh, and I, and then you know, so I think this has been set up for a while. I, that's interesting. I think it was, it was clear. I think it was clear last year he he wanted to remove himself from that area, so to speak, because he, you know, he flirted with Missouri, talked to him around with Baylor. He wanted a head job. I think yep. that's pretty obvious. He wanted a head job, and his agent probably thought he'd get a get him a head job. 
but none of that made sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was more of a risk to go like from a sale, say Missouri, to go hire Blake Anderson. Yeah. Uh, than it is for them to go get drink. Yeah. yeah. Because there, there's results and there's records and there's and with this, it, it's like, hey, flash in the pan could be the one we want. You know? Yeah. So um, I it's just it's it's confusing to me. I think South Alabama did the right thing this week. Uh, they went and hired a defensive coordinator who had been there before. Um, that's right. Indiana, the other coach. Yeah. And Kane Womack. Kane. Yeah. Uh, I think that might work out really well for them. I'm curious to see what kind of offense they put together. That's always been South Alabama's thing for me, at least in the last few years. But, uh, one, I think one of their, uh, quarterbacks also announced a transfer portal situation. So that'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, yeah. but then Monroe still is, uh, empty and hasn't been many rumors. I think because, Nobody's connected to Monroe because it's it's Monroe. Yeah, you know, like nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But man, wouldn't that be something if, uh, like, if Hudspeth went down? Oh there, that would That man, that would just be so great. Charles, if we had Butch Jones and Mark Hudspeth in the same division, I mean, Whew. I mean, and we still had Napier and still, and, you know, obviously Chadwell. Like, if all those guys maintain. The, the kind of characters that we would have in the Sun Belt, dude, would be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I can't remember who said this on Twitter or else I'd give them credit. Uh, or maybe somebody texted me this, but <laughs> it was, uh, if we play and beat uh, Arkansas State next year, will Coach Clark run over to the Arkansas State huddle yeah. <laughs> and, t- and tell them how hard they played? Uh, obviously a reference to when Butch Jones did that exact same thing to our team when we came within just, a, uh, what was it, an extra point of beating – Number nine, Tennessee. Uh, just unbelievable um, yeah. memories there. But uh, what an episode. What a freaking post-game episode we have. Uh, we talked about the game itself. The uh, uh, what, was, what was the final score of the game? Was it 34-26, I think it was? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't 34-26. It was. It was. It was? It was that? I thought we yeah. beat it by eight. Did we? That is eight. That is 26. That is no, that's that's six. Thirty-four twenty-six is eight. It is eight, isn't it? <laughs> wow. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a math guy. No. Um, I think what I had in mind is is somebody on Twitter said, "Wouldn't it be interesting if it came down to thirty-four thirty-two? And I was like, oh, "I don't know if I want to." Uh, no, oh, I mean, yeah, that yeah. would be interesting. I just don't want to roll the dice. But yeah, that is eight, isn't it? No. Um, so we got that. We got the game cover. We got plungers. We got plunger decals. We got Butch Jones. We got uh, bowls. We got everything in this post game. So thanks to uh, Appalachian Commercial Real Estate for sponsoring this episode. Uh, we do have uh, more things to talk about. We might end up doing a lounge with a senior this week. Who, kn- who knows? Because um, we don't have a football game to talk about necessarily. And we do have basketball to, to cover for the, the men and ladies so we'll we'll definitely be doing that. So, uh, but until we what time's that? Uh, what time's that basketball game on Tuesday? I think it's at six or se- eh, yeah. It might be seven. I you know what? I'm, I'm already got the I already got the tab open. So if people just hang on a second, I'll tell you exactly what time I know. So we, we could be looking at like maybe a Wednesday episode. Like maybe maybe it was a, oh, a day later, so we can yeah. watch the ball. And, yeah, I don't uh, think I don't, more time. We got more time during the week, and uh, I don't think uh, I don't think we want to start recording at like nine thirty 
No, yeah, that's that, not good. That doesn't make sense. So that yeah, does we not help us. Yeah, so <laughs> it doesn't. I don't think it helps anybody. No, we so, just had an hour post game episode, and we talked more about plungers <laughs> than we did football. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we talk about more plungers this week, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, let, let's say this, folks. Uh, you're you're getting like a backstage view of how we schedule <laughs> our time, I guess. Um, but yeah, Charles is right. I, I think it probably makes more sense for us to record a full, robust episode on Wednesday, so that we are able to watch the Tennessee game on Tuesday night. Um, but regardless, until next week's episode, which is actually not next week, but for another few days. Go apps.